show number 113 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Another new show. Another new show. And we are still coming down from the high of, of the our thing, live performances. The All the things that we did. Yes, so what we're going to talk about is the news from around our mm-hmm. butts. So the first thing that we did was um, Shatfest. Oh, Shatfest was wonderful. We had such a good time. Well, look, you know, it it was in uh, Nome, Alaska, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the the part of San Francisco from which you can see Nome, Alaska. That's right. It was way, way out in the Richmond, and um, it was in a, a quaint little theater called the Four Star, which was very cute. Um, it was right on. Um, uh, Clement Street. Yes. And it was in this really cool little section. I mean, right where the theater was, there were all these little restaurants and bars. And there was one in particular. So we were starving. We had gone there right across the bridge and we parked the car and we were looking around. God, we have to have something to eat before the show starts. And there it was. It was Bill's, Bill's place. place. And we knew we had to go there immediately. Immediately. And we went and had the most incredibly good hamburgers. They were so good. And while we were there, we were ambushed <laughs> by two friends, Francine and Matt, who mm-hmm. were on their way to Shatfest yes. as well. And so they, they just, had great hamburgers. They just happened in, and it was great. And we had onion rings, and oh, it was so good. It, it was just incredible. So if you're up there, definitely eat at Bill's Place, mm-hmm. which you would do anyway because it's called Bill's, Bill's Place. Bill's Place. But then when I got home, told my husband about it, he told me, oh, yeah, he's seen that featured on that show Bay Area Eats or, or really what is it the one where you send people to your favorite restaurants oh, and they review it that I don't know what it's called but okay that's awesome because uh, it's apparently a, a mm. hot spot for fantabulous hamburgers as well it should be because it was it was fantabulous so then we toddled over mm-hmm. to Shatfest mm-hmm. went into the theater and almost first thing we see is Will the Thrill in his fez <laughs> And he greets us, big hug, and says, somebody here has a present for you. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you know, it's just like, whoa, (laughs) okay, where's our present? (laughs) And one of our our wonderful listeners had made the trek (laughs) to the Richmond to to be part of Shatfest and to meet us. It was Mike McGee. Yes. And we just had a great time chatting with him. Mm -hmm. He has... A podcast where they they read stories and plays out loud, and I'm going to contact him. I really am Mike about um, doing some voiceover work with him, and really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he brought us a present. A nice a nice present, a video um, that we are going to watch, and then we have to give it back to him. It's only a loner, and it's called William Shatner's Mysteries of the Gods. And then underneath it, it says, "This is no hoax." This is real. And it says, William, Captain Kirk Shatner <laughs> will prove it to yo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, on the back. Oh, this is great. We didn't see this part. Warning. Warning. This film is only for those who are willing to hear the truth about extraterrestrials. Ooh. Wow. This is great. Years in the making and filmed in the most remote parts of the world. Mysteries of the Gods is the movie of the future. <laughs> The scenes and incidences depicted in this motion picture are not science fiction. They are happening now. Wow. 
accompany William Shatner <laughs> as he explores the dense Aztec jungles, probes the mystery of the crystal skull, Ooh. and uncovers the landing sites of the ancient spacemen. Spacemen. Spacemen, <laughs> yeah. His journey into the incredible possibilities of alien beings will amaze and astound you. He always amazes and astounds me. Well, here it says the questions. <gasps> Are you being sent messages from outer space? Am I? Well, probably not because you're wearing your aluminum foil hat, but... (laughs) Are you one of the chosen? Yes, I knew that. (laughs) Are we being prepared for an encounter with extraterrestrial beings? Maybe. The answer, Mysteries of the Gods! And when was this movie made? Does it say? Does it have a date on it? It's from Masterpiece Cinema, and it's got a be kind rewind on it. And, um... Doesn't look like there's a copyright date no. on this part, but I'm sure we'll see it when we see the movie. Because I'm guessing, you know, with questions like that, like, are we being prepared for an alien invasion? It still hasn't happened from when this movie was made, so I don't know. Yeah. They're a little late. Uh, well, that's okay. We can, we can watch it because Bill will be accompanying us. So. That's true. Mike, that was wonderfully awesome of you, and we're going to watch it soon so we can get it back to you. Yes. And we are just thrilled to pieces and hope you had a fantastic time. Because we did. At Chat Fest. Yes. Um, we got to do a, a little warm-up for the audience, which you all heard. We posted that um, on the site. And then we sat back with the audience that was, um, it was pretty full. There were a lot Pack. of people there. And uh, we watched Impulse with an audience full of Shatner freaks, which is absolutely the best way to watch it. And I have to say, you know, Maynard, when you come to the United States, you have to come for Shatfest so that you can watch Impulse with a theater full of people who are laughing and screaming along. Yes. Because that, it's the only way to see it. It really yes. is. It, it was so, so wonderful. And um, how many times have we seen it now? Three, four, five? <laughs> More than know. that, I think. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. But, uh, you know, a new uh, insight for all of you to keep in mind. The fish tank that is introduced in Act 2 <laughs> must go off in Act 3. And it did. And it did. Absolutely. It's, oh my God, such a, a, a dreadfully bad, bad, wonderful, horrible movie. I wish the Mystery Science Theater guys would take oh, it Oh, maybe they will. It's it's just, but you know, you almost can't add anything to that movie. It's, it's, it's so bad, like you don't need any extra to make it watchable because it is so bad and watchable. And when when he bent over wearing those white pants and we yelled out, "Look, Look at, at his, his butt. butt!" Everybody laughed. They thought that was so funny. And all of the things that we find hilarious, like when he's shaking his finger at Tina, people were just falling over themselves laughing. And the, the so final cool. scream from Tina, and then oh. the movie just ends is. So wonderful. The chase but, through the car wash. Yeah. Oh, God, it was funny. But um, I got to say, the audience was so responsive on our shtick. Yes. They, they loved it. And we didn't stay for Kingdom of the Spiders because, again, long, long mm-hmm. journey home. But Francine did. Mm-hmm. And she wrote to me and she said, um, Kingdom of the Spiders, of course, was lots of fun. And a couple times, at least twice, audience members shouted out, look mm-hmm. at his butt. <laughs> and Spock, which is... <laughs> something we made them do so yes. so that was a, a wonderful fun evening and uh we're just so glad that that will is keeping Shatfest and all of thrillville going yes, yes. you know now he's in san francisco he's also going to be doing some of his thrillville events down in san jose i believe it's at camera three mm-hmm. so you know you want to stay posted to us and stay posted to will for for what's going on and we can't wait for the next Shatfest. oh i know it's going to be great yeah. I think maybe, well, no. I'll keep that for us. Okay. Okay. 
So the other thing that we did um, was in a different vein, but um, just as exciting, we did our, our thing at the Yerba Buena Theater Festival. It's actually called the San Francisco Festival of the Art. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, there, you know, there were several sub-festivals. Yeah. And I had a friend who was at, uh, going to appear at the festival, and I couldn't find her on the yeah, program. Yeah, what happened? She was part of the Jewish Film Festival. Oh. And... Were they in a different place? Kind of. <laughs> but, you know, it seemed to be part of this festival. There's just a lot going on that weekend. Okay. Well, um, they had it at, in downtown San Francisco at the, the Metreon and Yerba Buena Gardens. And that was the other part about it was that there were many locations where things were happening. Because um, it's a very big space. So mm -hmm. there were people who were performing outside and there were people who were performing inside but in different rooms. Mm -hmm. um, and in different buildings inside because there were people in other buildings from where we were. Because right. we were in the main Metreon building. Right. Um, so it was quite a thing, and there was a picture in the paper I saw the next day, and they were just packed and packed with people. Oh, yeah, that, that main area, which was outdoors, and it was a beautiful day for it. It had, like, three main stages, mm -hmm. and the audience was all sort of in the center, yeah, so you yeah. could just, like, turn from one to the next mm -hmm. as the next thing went on. But we were in one of the rooms mm -hmm. that um, had a seating capacity of 150, mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, my God, what are we going <laughs> to do? 150 people. We got out there because we were like backstage. We got out there to do our shtick, and it was pretty damn full. There were people sitting on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and the audience was wonderfully they responsive, and it was so wonderful, you know, to be doing. We did the interview with Marjorie, mm -hmm. and it's been updated, new material, and I think this and, was the and best. New, new it's props ever gone. too. <laughs> new props and new costumes. Yes, um, we're going high production values now. <laughs> But it was so wonderful to, to look out into the audience as we're doing this shtick and see these huge grins, mm -hmm. plus people, you know, really sitting up trying to make sure they saw uh -huh. everything. It was great. We had such a good time. And it's it's that kind of thing when you're doing a live performance and you can just kind of feel the energy from the audience because oh, yeah. they're, they're into what you're doing. So it's great. And so we did like, um, it was like a 17, 18 minute mm -hmm. interview with Marjorie that went over really big. Mm -hmm. And um, what was I going to say? I don't know. We got email. We got email, and I, I one email in particular that I want to read to you. But oh, I know what I was going to say. There was at least one person taking pictures. Yes, I saw. And someone so, taking if that person or people are listening to the podcast, we would really like mm -hmm. the pictures because now that we have big production values, we need new performance pictures. <laughs> yes, and uh, so. If you're if you're listening, we want to know about it. My friend, other Alan, mm -hmm. was there, mm -hmm. and he's seen that shtick now at least twice before. And it's still funny. <laughs> it's still funny, and we're always updating it and polishing it and mm -hmm. tightening it. And I think this was the best we've ever I ever done. I completely agree. It. The new stuff went over really well. Yes. So here's an email we got fan mail for our oh, live show. Fan mail. It is from Emily, and it says, "Dear Shatner Butt Girls." My mom and I love listening to your podcast, and my little sister's been getting into it, too. So I dragged them out to San Francisco Theater Festival yesterday to see you guys. Then in prints, we were the three in the front row. You had hold the tribbles. Oh, that's just so cool. We had a bunch of tribbles, and we wanted the an audience member or two to just hold them so they didn't get away. And just as it would happen, we gave them to fans. Fans. Uh, we all loved your performance. It was hilarious. I was also impressed by your tribbles. 
I crocheted a couple tribbles recently and am planning to sew a bunch soon for a prank my roommate and I are going to pull on some freshmen when we get back to school in the fall. <laughs> now I'm thinking we should include a couple pink or green ones like you had. I also loved your Live Long and Potluck apron. Mm -hmm. That skip was amazing. Keep up the good work. Oh, and that's, that's so from nice. Emily. And I have, I have yet to reply. Oh, no, I did. No, I forwarded it to you. But I do want to you know, send her an mm -hmm. actual reply. I've been falling behind on email. But um, do you want to talk a little about the making of the tribbles? <laughs> well, we had decided that we were going to um, use more tribbles in the act, so I thought I would make some more. And I had made myself tribbles many, 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 many years ago when I was just a young Star Trek fan. So, you know, 30 years ago probably I made them. And um, the ones that I had made back then were very small. So this time I decided we needed to go big. You were saying they needed to be, you know, visible from the audience they had mm -hmm. to be big trouble so I went to the fabric store and I just bought five or six different kinds of fake fur and I started sewing tribbles and it turns out that making them is not so hard stuffing them is the hard part <laughs> um, and I was running out of things to stuff them with so I stuffed them with pretty much everything I could lay my hands on which included um, old clothes and you gave me a bunch of socks that you didn't want anymore well they had no mates yeah and um, <laughs> uh, bubble wrap and um, squashed up. Um, I, I took some rocks and I, I wrapped them up in bubble wrap so that they would feel a little bit heavier. And I don't know what the hell else I stuffed into them, like just whatever was laying around my house. Like, oh, I'll stuff a triple with this. Yeah. <laughs> but they were great. We, and tell them about making the colors. I thought that was oh, really interesting. Well, I, I you know, I, I got some fur. The fake fur that they had at the store was, um, there was nice brown and then there was a sort of greenish um, black color, which looked really good under the lights and it's very thick. Um, and then there was um, this kind of tiger stripe blue and black, which I thought would look pretty spacey. And then there was just white. And I made a bunch of the white ones, and I thought, I bet we could make these look even better. So I had taken a highlighter and by hand just colored the fur on there with a, a pink highlighter and a blue highlighter and uh, an orange highlighter, and they looked pretty spectacular. I thought they Very spacey. great because it, it, it wasn't like they were made out of green fur. Mm -hmm. You know, there was different different shades yeah. of, of, of green to it and everything so that was really yeah. I, I thought you did a, a great job with our, our triple props mm -hmm. and um, I had made a new space apron for Marjorie mm -hmm. and then we had we had some wigs we had some wigs some space wigs space wigs that got huge laughs yes they were good and so um yeah and those were stuffed as well <laughs> And of course, we were in terror of them coming off, but everything went wonderfully. Mm -hmm. And what we really wanted to do, we knew there was another act going on very soon after us, so we wanted to get all our stuff together, mm -hmm. clear out of the backstage, and get out and, and you know just chat to the audience. So we worked really mm -hmm. fast to get our wigs put away and everything. And we come out there, and everybody had gone. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's another act coming up. So I thought, were these people here <laughs> specifically to see us? I, I don't know. I so don't know either. Audience members who were there, if you were talking among yourselves <laughs> and you know, getting finding out who people were and why they were there, we'd love we'd to know. We'd love to know because nobody stuck around to tell us anything. No. And by the time we got out, they were had all dissipated. They had all else. all gone, and then we went and got our free lunch, and uh, then then we went home then because we went home. I was going to stay, and because there were a lot of people there, I would have liked mm -hmm. to have seen, but. That main area was so packed it was. that the only way you could have been there would be to stand or to sit on the grass, mm -hmm. neither of which 
I can do yeah. for long periods of time and due to my back trouble. Because we had all our stuff, we trouble. had yeah. we the costumes and the tribbles and this and that, so it, it probably wouldn't have been practical. But it, it was so exciting, it and it just got me thinking more and more about we need to do a, a full show where we get yeah. some other performers involved because I have tons of, of comic Star Trek material mm -hmm. I've written that would, I think, be pretty easily adapted, mm -hmm. adaptable to the stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was just so much fun. It was great. And I'm really glad we didn't do the same material in the two different places, mm -hmm. Shap Fest and the, Fest and yep. the uh, San Francisco Festival. So we really got a, a, a pretty good workout mm -hmm. that way. And... Who knows what's next? Who knows what? Oh, the other thing I have to comment about on Shapfest yes. was um, before we went on, while the audience was coming in, uh, Will was showing the scene from a Private Little War. Oh yes, where where Nona cures Kirk <laughs> of whatever ails him, and everybody was just totally yeah. into it. But when we when we got up there to do our stuff. It was still on, yeah. and so we had this gorgeous background of fabulous-looking Bill, you know, to to present our little dog and pony show. It was really funny. I I just love the fact that you know everyone was kind of milling around, chatting, but you could just people could not help but have their eyes drawn to the screen, and they would just sort of stand there and stare at the screen because <laughs> there was Bill, thirty feet high, looking so gorgeous. Yes. Yes, it was great. It really was. It really, but oh man, impulse! It's 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 amazing how fresh it remains. Oh, <laughs> you know, if you don't see it for a whole year and then you go see it, all of a sudden you're just like, oh my god, I still cannot believe. I had forgotten so much about it, and seeing it again, it was just oh, it was too good. Oh Matt, you all the time horny. <laughs> oh, and, and then our theme music came on, which yes. is so loud. <laughs> oh, which was total crack up for us. I don't know how many other people got that. But uh, the other thing, we have a little bit of trivia to share about Impulse that I don't think we shared before. I think we might have talked about this part, that in the, the scene that precedes the car wash, mm -hmm. where um, Pete... Yes, Karate Pete. Karate <laughs> Pete. Not too racist. Yeah, <laughs> Karate Pete gets hung. Uh -huh. um, I, I had heard at least that he almost literally was hung. There was a, you know, a mix-up in how they'd done it or mm -hmm. some mistake was made. And this was the new part. Bill to the rescue was, was um, a major factor in the guy not dying in, and in trying to fix the thing and rescue him. Bill broke his pinky. Oh, Bill. He's Captain Kirk. He is Captain Kirk. And you know what's even funnier? And everybody laughed at this. In that scene, so he's... he's got a noose around Karate Pete's neck and then Karate Pete manages somehow to cut himself down even though he's right. being strangled. He falls on the ground and, and Bill, as Matt, jumps down next to him and then jumps over him <laughs> for no reason. And he does it in this like total action pose. It's like, jump. And he stands there and looks at him in, in this pose and everybody cracked up. It, is, it was like the unnecessary shoulder roll yes, in the 10th level. And it was... <laughs> And it, you're right about it being this total action pose because I swear to God, it came out of some cheesy movie made out of a comic book. Yes. You know, I mean, you really need to be in tights and cape to do that exactly. move. Exactly. But Bill pulls it but off. But he did it. He did it. And in then he kicked pants. him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, oh, man. I love that movie. <laughs> just, just can't get enough of it. 
Shall we take a little break? Yes, let's take a breather, okay. and we'll be back. We're oh, done so talking about more. the news from around our butt, and we'll get back to his butt. His butt. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Speak up. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. More fun stuff at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. You've found the best podcasts in the universe. And we're back. And we're back. And it's something that's not on the list because it just oh, yeah? occurred to me. Yes. As you may know, mm-hmm. during the previous week, mm-hmm. I had Hattie, the chimney sweep, oh, that's right. yeah. at my house uh-huh. repairing the chimney. And at one point we were talking about scheduling, and mm-hmm. so I brought him back to my office because my calendar's on the computer. <laughs> and he went, ah! <laughs> no, he didn't. This was the, the really unusual thing. You've seen my office. There's big cardboard Kirk. Mm-hmm. There's... Um, Captain Kirk Boulevard. Mm-hmm. There's pictures of Kirk. There's Kirkabilia, Star Trek Abelia everywhere, right? And pasted on the keyboard of my laptop mm-hmm. is this little picture uh-huh. of my sister and me posed in front of a giant, <laughs> and I mean giant, cardboard um, Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yes. He zeroes in on that. <laughs> Maybe the other stuff totally freaked him out too much. He went, oh, somebody likes Nicholas Cage. <laughs> And I had to explain, no, we make fun of him, and Mm -hmm. that's one of our our favorite things is to go to his movies and make fun of his hair and the movie Mm -hmm. in general. And so when we saw this, we had our picture taken. And I love that picture because both of you were doing the shh. Yeah, because it was for um, National Treasure Book of Secrets. Secrets. So um, I just found that kind of unusual. That's so funny. Um, A bit of news from uh, the last show we had talked about Bill going to Rhode Island to pick up the um, award for conspicuous gallantry. Yes. And apparently he's canceled for that. Right. Um, Someone just sent us an email. Yes, that that came from Shannon saying um, she just got an email from the theater in Rhode Island and Bill had to cancel due to a prior obligation. On the bright side, they did say they were going to try and reschedule for later this year. Mm. So um, we're hoping that will happen that Shannon and other people in the mm-hmm. area will know about it and go and, you know, give and us report. the scoop. We have to know. Give okay. us the scoop. Um, and now we just wanted to quickly review some of the uh, videos we've been posting to the blog because there have been an awful lot of them. So um, Jen had sent us links to Bill's first appearance on the Jonathan Ross show, which was in 2006. And it's in two parts, and it's very funny. You should watch it. Um, Bill immediately takes control of the interview and does whatever the hell he wants to for the next... 10 minutes, which is great. Um, and uh, it's just a wonderful example of how uh, professional he is, and he gets in so much shilling. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't believe all the different things he was shilling for, because it was 2006, so it was how William Shatner changed the world. It was Boston Legal. It was um, the 40th anniversary of Star Trek. It was like at least two other things that were there, and he was just going on. And when he was doing the shilling, 
for how William Shatner changed the world, he was saying, yes, and it's going to be on this Wednesday night on this channel at this time. Like, he just had all yep. that information. He's a pro. It was amazing. So it was great. And the audience went berserk. Mm-hmm. They were just, like, screaming and yelling, ah! <laughs> that was great. Um, and then, much more recently, we had his appearance on Conan O'Brien. He had two appearances within, like, two or three days he's of each other. He's a fixture now. He's a, yes. And, and I love what, what Conan had to say uh, at, at the end. He said, he's just backstage. Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to come out and do this? Yeah. Okay. Sure. When we need him, we just um, bring him out. The great thing was, for those of you who have not been following the absurdity of American politics, Sarah Palin, don't you know, has stepped down as mayor of or as governor, governor of, of Alaska, Alaska. For no particular reason. No, and, and her explanation of it is, is very strange. And people have been trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of riffs on it. And the, the best one, I think everyone has agreed, is Conan O'Brien had Bill come out and perform mm-hmm. a segment of her resignation speech. And then they had a couple of uh, musicians doing like yeah. beat, bongo it, things. It was kind of like when he did those Priceline commercials. Yes, it was very much like that. Yes. And there was Bill just totally straight face, you know, reading this poetry. Because that's mm-hmm. what Conan said, that's what she's writing is poetry. Mm-hmm. Well, it was huge. It went around the internet so fast. Mm-hmm. And I was on some website today that um, that was like at one point, like the number three thing being searched for. <laughs> was Bill riffing uh, Sarah Palin, and it was such a big hit that after she resigned, she immediately started tweeting. And her tweets are even more mindless and strange. So again, they had Bill on mm-hmm. to, uh, to read one of her tweets, yeah. which she, who knows what it was about, North to the Future. Something. And yeah, it was very strange. And again, with the, the beat musicians in the background, and it was so, so wonderful. And, of course, we posted these to the mm-hmm. blog, and somebody posted a comment that I just loved. I think it was from Julia. It said, um, Bill should just travel around with beat musicians to, you know, sort of punctuate everything he says Absolutely. and does. So it's like, okay, he's, he's, he's satirizing Sarah Palin. He's satirizing the Priceline commercials. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, it, it's, it's great, you know. It's like a pylon. Tina Fey, you know, yes. jumped on her and, and beat the shit out of her. And now Bill is, you know, mocking her, much and, to our delight. And Bill's, like, the only guy who could really do that. Uh-huh. I, I mean, he's the, you could just bring him out, and people know whatever comes out of his mouth is going to be hilarious and crazy. And, and it is, but it's also, like, him doing it completely straight-faced at the same time. Yes. Uh, and he just comes out, you know, he's totally comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, sits on the stool and starts doing his Sarah Palin poetry. and It's great. I hope they make that a regular feature. Oh. oh. That, they won't lack for material. No, they, they sure will not. That's for sure. So that was, that was it wonderful. It was awesome. Um, and then the last thing that we posted was um, this really funny remix of, of Bill talking about Star Trek V. Now, I had never seen him do that interview or whatever it was from. I don't think was I have either. Was it from a documentary either. or something? And, you know, it might be that they did a making of. Oh, okay. Or it might be, you know, Entertainment Tonight or something. We should really try and track it down. Yeah. But um, Oh, it was great. And it, it's posted there, but I'm going to, right after we get done talking, I'm going to play a little bit of the audio track because it's so good. It's a really good music backing track. And it's more spoken word Shatner. Yes. And the chorus will just stick with you forever. And, you know, it kind of, again, proves Julia's point about <laughs> Bill should just have he musicians <laughs> to, to back him up and, and, you know, provide the rim shots and stuff. Because 
I mean, when he's, you know, why is Captain Kirk, Kirk on the mountain? Yeah. Um, Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? And then he gets into it. He wants to make love to, to the, the mountain. mountain. He's in love. It's so Bill. It's great. Oh, and you put the perfect quote underneath it. <laughs> because Thank it's you. true. Anything Thank done you. supremely well is an act of sex. It's all about love and sex for Bill. Yep. Everything. He loves that mountain. He does. He loves that mountain. He wants to have relations with that mountain. <laughs> That's why he's climbing the mountain. <laughs> it's great. I love that. Yeah, that is really beautiful. And uh, I know someone sent that to us. No, you know where that came from? Or maybe somebody else did. No, send um, it. Rabbit Tooth sent it to us. Well, I'll tell you how I found it. Yes. Um, which was through Twitter. So one of the famous people that I follow on Twitter is a guy named um, Graham Linehan, who was the creator of um, the IT Crowd, which is a very funny series that I watch, but also Father Ted, which was a series that you can usually see on the PBS channels. And he's um, always posting these weird videos. And so he had attempted to post a link to something that got taken down. And then said, oh, sorry, this got taken down, but here, enjoy this instead. And I saw that it was about Bill, and then I sent it to you to say, oh, oh right, can you right. check this out? And, and it turned out to be great. So. Oh, that's right. So I got it from both you and Rabbit Tooth, mm -hmm. which is great. Like, you know, it suddenly like sort of swept yeah. the net. I mean, yeah. lots of people were, were talking about it and letting us know. That's great. So <clears throat> awesome things. Now, um, on a totally unrelated topic, I just wanted to talk about an experience that I had this past week and, okay. and let you know. And then I want to open this up to the listeners as well. So I took a little vacation. So get ready to phone in. Yes. I took a little vacation this week and I went to Disneyland. And I had a really good time. And one of the things that you can do at Disneyland is go into their, um, what the hell is it called? It's like innovations. And it's all about technology that will make your life better in the future. And it's something that they've had for a long time, and they keep updating it. Right, because they had that back oh, when the thing first opened. Right, that's right. So it's pretty cool. Um, it was a little over the top in the fact that you can really tell who their co-sponsors are. <laughs> no. So it's like, oh, look, everything is Microsoft. Here's the Xbox section, and here's the Silverlight section, and here's the Honda section. And that, that's okay. You can get over it. And they had a really cool house. Um, and apparently in the future, all houses will have... Um, giant plasma screens everywhere in your house that do everything for you. But it was still cool. Mm -hmm. And then they have the part where you can go in to see the robot. Now, Disneyland is full of robots, yeah. okay? It's always been full of robots, right? When you go on the Jungle Cruise and there's like the robot animals. And, and the then Pirates of the Caribbean. The Pirates of the Caribbean. So there's robots everywhere. Lincoln robot. They're big on robots. But this is the robot that Honda has built that they use for their demonstrations. And it's called Asimo. And it stands for something that I can't remember what it stands for. Okay. But it's clearly a play on Asimov, Isaac Asimov. Oh, okay. And it's a robot. And it comes out on the stage, and it does a little thing with the woman who's showing off what the robot does. And it's about um, four and a half feet tall. Mm -hmm. And it's white, and it's humanoid-shaped. It looks like a person. Um, and it's a real robot. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have wires that go off and attach. It's completely self-contained. It's got a big lion battery in the back, and it's got programming, but it responds to things that you say, and it talks. It mm -hmm. has a, a female-generated voice. Um, Is and it, it Majel? It's not Majel. <laughs> I was kind of hoping it was going to be Majel, but it's not Majel. Okay. And it walks around and it can climb stairs. Apparently, climbing stairs is like the hardest thing in the world for a robot to do because it has to balance, and it can run. Um, and... I swear to God, that thing creeped me out 
in a way that I have never felt before. Really? It really did. And I don't know why, and I've been thinking about it for the past week or so, trying to figure out why I was so creeped out by this thing. And I looked around the audience just to see if I was the only one, and most people seemed to be okay with it. Like, they didn't have the look on their face that I kind of had. And I think it was because I've never seen a real robot before like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's seen the robots in, um, you know, uh, factories. Yeah. When they're building stuff. And you've seen people in suits. <laughs> I've seen lots of guys in suits trying to be robots, but I've never seen a real humanoid robot before. No, but humanoid, walked. do you mean kind of like an android? I mean, it, it was that sort of thing trying to really look like it had a human body? Or, or was it humanoid in that it had two arms, two legs, head? Yeah, it, it was like that. Kind of like the Robbie the robot? But but more human looking than that. Okay. It, um, if you I don't you probably didn't see um, Wally, but there's a, a the female robot in Wally is named Eve, and she looks like a Mac. I mean, she's white, and okay. this thing is completely white, and the face has got sort of a it looks like a guy in a um, it actually looks like a guy in an astronaut suit is pretty much. Oh, what it looks okay. Like. All right, now I'm picturing it. Yeah. Okay. I'll show you. A, I'll put a picture up there, um, but it moves like a person. In a, in a way that's not quite, you know, like you can tell it's a machine, but it still moves more like a real person than anything I've ever seen before. And it just, you know, it, it just freaked me out. It really did to see something that was thinking, I mean, clearly it's a computer and it can do what you're telling it to do and it responds to you and all that. And I just thought, you know, I really think it's going to be a long time before people let these things in their house. The whole purpose, of, so the purpose of the robot uh -huh. is supposed to be to help people. Right. For people who are disabled. Sure. Or blind or whatever. It'll do things for you. Right. Um, and lift heavy things for you and like, like that. And I just thought, personally, I would not be comfortable with that. There's something about it that's so alien, like so close to being human, but yet it's a machine that mm -hmm. is totally freaky. Well, one of the questions I've always wondered about is why... I mean, the human body is an amazing thing, mm -hmm. but at certain things, it's kind of inefficient. Mm -hmm. So why would you, if you're building a machine to be able to do a huge variety of tasks, why wouldn't it be more like the robots in the, in the automobile factories, yeah. which are just big arms to do those things? Mm -hmm. So why isn't it like a box or a ball that, oh, you want it to open yeah. your, your beer? This thing comes out, you know, that, sure. that's no, got I that agree. attachment. I agree. And I think that's part of the creep out factor is that it is mimicking the human form. I think that's probably right. Um, and they didn't talk about why they made it look that uh -huh. way. And they showed the evolution of it, you know, through the past 20 years or so as they've been making it smaller and more compact and more flexible and stuff. Um, but, but you know what? I, th I think if, if they had said, we're going to show you the robot that will run your home and do what you want, and they brought out something that didn't look like that, people would have said, that's a, a box. I mean, it's not a robot. Yeah. Because we all have this, this image now of what a robot is. Yeah. So I've seen a robot, and, um, you know, it's not data. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I really wonder how accepting people are going to be of something that's, that's like that. Well, us old folks... Mm. And that could be it, too. I mean, it could just be the age thing. That's what I'm thinking, because when they say, you know, that they're working on little implants, so you don't even need to carry your iPhone around anymore, mm -hmm. or or all these different things, and I think, oh, my God, who would ever want that? I mean, there are people lining up going, I totally want it. I, yeah. I, I want, you know, the... the I want the little implant in my eye that I can see computer screens, you know, my mm -hmm. brain is working and everything. I'm like, no way. <laughs> So, you know, maybe it's a generational thing. It could be. It, it, it kind of made me think more about um, 
movies and, and episodes of Star Trek that have dealt with this thing about, you know, what's a robot and mm -hmm. do robots have rights, you know, um, and how do we treat them and, and when, and I'm sure that this is going to happen, that robots become more commonplace, humanoid robots, um, are there going to be laws about how you can treat them? And, well, there know? was an article in just like the past week, and I'm not sure which paper it was in because we get several, but it was about there are serious scientists now studying that, that pop problem, or the problem that we saw mm. in Battlestar Galactica specifically, which is what do we do when the robots realize they're smarter and yes. more powerful than we are? Yeah, yeah. And they, that is a serious topic for discussion now mm -hmm. instead of just being, ha ha, you know, action comics or whatever. Because, you know, once they, they reach this thing of, of the, the robot that can pass the Turing test mm -hmm. and can really make its own decisions and process information to come up with new information, who knows? I it, know. It's a whole new ballgame. It's scary. So I, I think, you know, movies like Blade Runner are great for examining mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And... Um, just making you think about it. And I, you know, it, it, seeing this robot, again, walking around on the stage and doing stuff, um, really, like, I couldn't help myself. The first thing that got into my mind was like, you know, oh my God, what if it goes wrong? Yes, <laughs> you know? what if it goes berserk? <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's stupid. Why am I thinking that? Is it because I've seen too many bad science fiction movies well, where the robots go berserk? You know, there is an episode in The Office where, um, the company has set up a website to do sales, and Dwight insists that a website cannot beat him. <laughs> and so Jim and Pam are sending him emails saying they're from the website and saying, you, you puny human, I can easily defeat you. And then, you know, in like the interview part where people talk mm -hmm. to the camera, um, Dwight says, well, it's obviously, you know, that the, the website is power mad, and, you know, machines go berserk like that all the time. <laughs> So there are people who believe this. <laughs> they may just be Dwight at this point. That's but. true. Well, it's it's just it's a weird thing, and I think um, it definitely is the the humanoid aspect because I have no problem with you know like Roombas and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then, come on, like we've got computers all over the place, and I have no problem with the computer that would run my house, you mm -hmm. know, with buttons that I press. But there's something about it about a being about a being, in yeah, in yeah. the house with you that looks so much like. A real little person. Well, you know, I'm Maybe. sure that um, there are probably companies already doing the the research to find out if if they make something like this and it has a humanoid shape, does that make it more or less appealing yeah. to average consumer? Yeah. So I'm sure that's being studied. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. So I'm very curious to see. Um, how this goes, you know, in our lifetimes. And if people here have been to Disneyland and seen that robot, I would really like to know what you think. Mm -hmm. If you had the same reaction I did or whether you were totally cool with it or whatever. Right. And um, I have to say, um, people in the audience did not seem that impressed. And, and the, the presentation is a little goofy in that, you know, I understand that climbing stairs and going downstairs is really technologically challenging, but it's kind of stupid. And you're sitting there watching it, and now the robot's going to go up the stairs. But the, I, I know because there have been contests to build, or the, uh, what's the, the scooter thing that you stand on? Oh, the Segway. Segway, yeah. yes. There were huge contests to, to build the, the Segway that mm. would actually go up and down yeah. stairs. Yeah. I mean, it is a huge challenge. Yeah, but, but it's just, it's in a demonstration like that, you're like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see it fly. Yeah, I yeah. want laser beams out of its eyes. Yes, exactly. That's wow. the kind of thing that you really want to see. So, yeah. 
anyway, so, you know, robots. I've seen a real, actual robot like that, and I don't like it. <laughs> okay, well, that's valid. I want to bring up one thing about the new movie, and then I'll drop it for at least 20 minutes. Okay. Because <laughs> this is a thought that occurred to me. Um, it sort of was running around in my head and finally crystallized, and I think it started shortly after there was the interview with Chris Pine. Uh -huh. And he was saying, yeah, well, you know... William Shatner's Kirk, he was great and everything, but, you know, my Kirk, you know, he's he's a guy who, you know, gets turned down by women oh, and he, he right, strikes yes. out. And, you know, I think people can relate to that. I can relate to that. And we were saying that's why he's a crummy Kirk, but you know what I realized? Mm -hmm. That's his take on the character, and I believe the character is written like that, so that's the writer's take on the character. You know what that actually is? What? It's a an affirmation mm -hmm. of the impossibility of doing what Bill did, <laughs> of anyone being able to replace that because it's like, oh, oh my God, the only way we can put Kirk in this movie at all and put anybody in and call him Kirk is to go completely in the opposite direction mm -hmm. and make Kirk kind of a doof loser. <laughs> because yeah. not... It, it, and all the things in, in Star Trek that were improbable, the one that never leaped to the forefront of your mind was... No guy can be that lucky with women. No guy can 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 know all this stuff. No guy can can no no guy can build a Gorn cannon. You know, <laughs> yes he can because he's the goddamn captain. But it, it it didn't because Bill was so committed to that yes. and so real in it and yeah. you know just he he was living life and he totally believed it. It's like he could Absolutely. relate to it. Absolutely, and and you you never doubted that he could be that successful with women because you saw him and, and you wanted him and you wanted him <laughs> and and like how could anybody resist that? Yeah, just <sighs> so kind of like this. This Kirk is showing us what would happen if Bill or if 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 Kirk only had good looks <laughs> and didn't have charm and didn't really have brains mm -hmm. and and you know didn't have hotness or charisma or any of the the wonderful things that Bill just mm -hmm. you know just naturally exudes. Yeah. So it's kind of a, an homage to Bill that they went, uh, we can't do it. You know, I think it's partly that. And now that you say that, it seems to me that they have, um, they have switched. I mean, we said this before, that they've switched the roles of Kirk and Spock mm -hmm. quite a bit. And one of the things about Spock that, that people like <clears throat> Dr. Science identified with was that... That he struck out with women. <laughs> that he was, he was the, the prototypical science fiction fan. He was a geek. He was a geek that nobody understood, and he, you know, he wasn't, was other. He was other. He wasn't that good looking. He wasn't conventionally attractive, right? And all the rest of that stuff. And Kirk was the total alpha the uber hero. He was the uber hero. He was the everything that everybody wanted to be. And in the movie, they have taken the Kirk character and made him the guy, the the fanboy guy mm -hmm. that the fanboys can relate to. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's he's good looking, but he's not. He's not like Bill was when, no, he, was, when no. he was 29, you know, and he's moderately intelligent and he's moderately athletic and moderately a lot of things. And he's really not that special. We never no. see his specialness That's in here. That's the whole thing. And he falls into being captain of the Enterprise purely by luck. Yes. He doesn't earn it. Yes. And that's what every, that's the, the I'm, I'm not saying that this is true. I'm saying this is what the filmmakers were saying. That's yes. every fanboy's dream. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. And even, I'm thinking now to a story I wrote where somebody said, you know, such and such, as if leadership came with the uniform. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what we saw there. It's like if they name you captain, it's 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 like the hand of God touched you and all of a sudden you've got leadership, mm -hmm. which this guy didn't have. But, you know, leadership, like all those other things, charm, hotness, whatever, they all come from within. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they. I think... I think in their story conferences, in their first meetings, this was probably a huge topic. I'm sure. And that was the major thing they did in the reboot that just really mm -hmm. veered from what we regard as canon. And I think there was a reason for it, and I think that's the reason. I think so. They said, we have to make this a character that the fanboys can relate to. Because, why? Because that's the way we think it has to be. You know, if, if they had done that for the original Trek, mm -hmm. I mean, Gene Roddenberry did not sit down and say, oh, we have to make Kirk somebody that the, the average guy can relate to. Mm -hmm. But this is a show. This was, this was almost part of the, the optimism thing, is he made Kirk someone you would want to be, you could aspire to be. And now, you know, we don't even care about ever going back to the moon again or mm -hmm. Mars or anything, and it's like... We want our heroes to be regular guys like us. Well, what the fuck kind of hero is that? That's not a hero at all. And, and you know, what are, what are our big achievements that just kind of shut us all up and, and make our eyes pop, you know, mm -hmm. like landing on the moon and, and things like that? We have become so complacent mm -hmm. and no longer seem to, to uh, harbor the thought that I can be better than I am. Mm-hmm. And, that and now we have the thought, and they instill this, I swear, from nursery school on. Everyone is special. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not. And not everything you do is worthy of 12 gold stars, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, in that way, Star Trek was more realistic. I agree. Because there were people there who were crappy at their jobs, and we saw them being crappy at their jobs, and we saw Kirk kicking their butts for being crappy at their jobs. I agree, and uh, you know, just to get political for a moment, I think that the last, um, the previous eight years of our, our administration here in the U.S. did a lot to foster that. I think so. You know that it was just the. It was literally anyone can grow up. Anybody and be president, can be president, no, no matter, matter how, how stupid you are, and how incompetent. But yeah. the the good thing is that you know, I, I think Obama is one of those guys whose appearance is better than you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and smarter than you, and and is able to handle things better than you. Yeah, and people were ready for that. Oh yeah, and that's that's the guy I want in charge of stuff. Not the guy who's going to make a decision as stupid as I would. No, or who just got there because he's lucky. Because he's lucky. Because everybody else died. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so actually, it's a compliment to Bill. Yes. That they they made this movie with the unKirk. <sighs> Not real Kirk. Yep. Shall we take a break? I think we should. All right. And then we'll come back with even more stuff. But now we're going to play you a little bit of that wonderful Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why, Why is, is he, he climbing, climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? To hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain with hug the mountain. To envelop that mountain with hug the mountain. That mountain, that mountain. He wants to make love to the mountain. Tough young guys, sinewy bodies in there. 
to the music. No, I get a daily mail from, I guess it's Yahoo Alerts, it's who I signed up for, mm -hmm. and they send me something every time Bill is in the news, which means every day <laughs> there is an email, every single day. Uh -huh. Now, many times it's links to the same thing in various places, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's, it's a great way of keeping up with the chat. As if you ever could keep up with him. I, I know. But anyway... Um, <laughs> it, it brings up every mention of Bill, regardless of whether it's about Bill. <laughs> So I want to read you this one. This uh, showed up just the other day, and it's from The Gawker. Oh, yes, I love The Gawker. Okay. And the headline is, New York Times rhapsodizes the child rapist living down by the river. I don't know what that article is. But um, it starts out, they give you the first, you know, uh -huh. few phrases. Today's New York Times page one recession porn dispatch <laughs> is so unrelentingly hackneyed that William Shatner ought to read it aloud to bongos. <laughs> now, this appeared in the, at the end of the week on a Friday when Bill had been on Conan oh. twice that week. So it only takes that long for that to become just such a reference you don't need to say, like he did on the Conan O'Brien show. It's a meme already. Yes. That's amazing. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. But I also want to talk about, now these are legitimate Shatner mm -hmm. things that came in the mail, about Bill now is really serious about saving the world mm -hmm. and saving the environment, which, you know, he's talked about before. Mm -hmm. But in the past, like, two weeks, one was there was a, a recording that, that called everybody who works at HP. And it said, this is William Shatner, and it was. Um, and he basically said, HP, you promised us a toxin-free computer by 2007, and it's not here yet, so what's up with that? If that had happened to me, like if I had picked up the phone and said, hi, this is William Shatner, I would have screamed and dropped it. I know. I, I really want to know. I know there's got to be HP employees out there mm -hmm. who, who listen to our show. So if, if you got one of those calls, we want to know about it. Yes. Yes. So, so Bill is... <laughs> Yeah, you know, the pointing his you. finger, the angry impulse finger <laughs> at HP. Now, his next thing, and this was just a few days later, is um, now he's trying to save the wild salmon population. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. And this was in, uh, this was UPI, Victoria, British Columbia. Canadian actor William Shatner says salmon farms located off British Columbia's Vancouver Island are devastating the wild salmon population. Mm. So, you know, Bill's on top of that. Wow. Yeah. When he turns his, his attention to something, he just goes full out. I know. I know. And he's bringing his full... Oh, look at this great picture of him. Mm. He is bringing his whole shilling self um, to it. It says, uh, the former Boston legal star has con contacted C Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper regarding the farms located on wild salmon migration routes, seeking their removal to protect the fish population. 
And here's what he said in his letter. There's one thing you could do tomorrow that would benefit the wild stocks enormously and all your citizens who depend on this fish. Remove salmon farms from wild salmon and steelhead migration routes and encourage the industry to reinvent itself on land where other, more sustainable species could be trialed. Trialed? Trialed? Okay. He also sent it to the fisheries minister, Gail Shea, liberal leader, Michael Ignatieff, and British Columbia Premier Gordon Campbell. Wow. See? Oh, biologist Alexandra Morton, who has been fighting to protect the wild salmon population, told Can West she suggested to Shatner a letter to the Prime Minister could prove beneficial to their fight. Did he do her? Uh, I think so. Or close to it. Yeah. She wanted him to. Clearly. Did he have to swim upstream to do it? To spawn, see, with, like a Vulcan salmon. With great power comes great responsibility, <laughs> and Bill is clearly using his powers for good. Yes, he's he's a responsible superhero. superhero. He is. He totally he is. is, and he's happy. That and is such a great. It picture. is a great picture. He looks very happy. Yeah. Then. So you know, Bill really is out there doing his bit to save the world, and without being, you know, uh, Ed, what's his face? Yes. The, the really tall guy who's last, Ed Begley. Oh, Ed Junior. Begley Jr., yeah. yes. Yeah. So, anyway. That's, um, that was. That's great. That was the, the interesting that things that showed up in that that we haven't already talked about or are already <laughs> planning <laughs> to talk about. But, um, yeah, I love that, you know, if Bill reads it accompanied by bongos, it's. <laughs> That's it. It's legit. Um, would you like me to talk about um, the live journal thing now? Yes. Oh, okay. So um, I didn't know about this, but now you've told me, and I'm I'm I was um, fascinated, entranced, hypnotized, sucked in immediately, all at the same time. Um, there is a live journal community called um, More Shatner, Less Shame. More Shat, Less Shame is uh -huh. what it's called. And um, if you want to find it, um, it's under More Underscore Shatner. Right. I had, I had to find it. I actually do a Google search to find it. And there are 65 journal entries so far, even though it was only started on June 15th. Right. Now, I want to read to you the email that I got that, that alerted me to this. Mm -hmm. It was from Die Down Under, uh -huh. regular listener and regular correspondent. She writes to us. And she says, just want to let you know that I am always promoting your show. My 17-year-old son is always asking, when's the next Butt Girls? <laughs> He's a fan now. I would love to hear that in an Australian accent in Strine. And the latest place I've done so is a new community on LiveJournal, more Shatner, less shame. Just getting the word out on mm -hmm. the streets. Here's the link to our humble little Shatland. And I went to it and I totally freaked. Oh my God, it's so good. So let me just read to you. You know, each community on LiveJournal has a little uh, user info. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to see what it says. And so it says about, and then there's a picture of Bill. Um, it's that picture okay, of, okay. of him in Captain Kirk. It's the one that's on the, the Captain Kirk coffee. Yes. And um, it says, because seriously, the man deserves his own community. Rules. Number one, no bashing. Two, discussion, pick spam, silliness, meta, reviews, news, anything Shatnerian belongs here. Look, he's all over the place. No reason we shouldn't be. <laughs> there, done. If anyone's interested in designing, co-modding, whatever, let me know. I just made this because it needs to exist. Does it say who made this? Um, let me see if it actually says. Because I'm wondering if it's it. Die. Maybe it is. I don't know. 
maintainers, my underscore Daroga. And I'm going to click on that and see if it says who that person is. Um, no, this is someone. <laughs> yeah. This is someone who lives in Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. And um, it, under basic info, it says name. Almost certainly thinking about William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and that's about all it says. This person also has a couple of other communities. Um, and I've never heard of them before. And I belong to a number of um, Star Trek communities here on LiveJournal, but I didn't know about this one at all. Well, so it's very new. This person is doing a great, great, great job. Well, I know when I was sort of flipping through the posts, I did see the original post from Di where she was saying, you guys need to go look at, look at his butt. And so she's done, she has done promo. Oh, it's just great. It's so good. So I am really um, going to take some time and go through this. I noticed that many of the posts are about um, EVEs, mm -hmm. which is great. There are some high, high resolution screen caps, which are just so wonderful. Um, there's lots of icons. There's lots of pictures of Bill that have been um, manipulated in Photoshop only to preserve the contrast, not to actually create or delete anything. Right. They have a great photo one of the ones i noticed was from that eve on the bridge in obsession that uh -huh. we have talked about and people have had trouble seeing and again they did not like make the eve bigger they just manipulated the contrast so that part virtually has its own kirk light yeah it's great and i just love the commentary from the people who post these sorts of things so for example here's a post um from someone and it's the what we had talked about in um uh for the people where it was that scene with him talking to his wife, and we were like, oh, my God, he's taking his shirt off. Mm -hmm. So she says, uh, I'm assuming it's a woman who posted this, although I could be wrong about right, that. Right, right. She says, before Star Trek, Bill Shatner starred in, a starred in a failed attorney TV series called For the People. And, yes, this was way before Boston Legal, too. Anyway, in this scene, our legal Adonis is chatting with his wife. That's nice, but I honestly care more about the fact that he is unbuttoning his shirt and kissing his woman in bed. It's all very PG, really, very innocent, but still, anything involving a virile chat, undressing, and getting his moist lips on someone makes me die a little inside. <laughs> God, it makes me come alive. I know. Um, and you know what's also is interesting about that? Yeah. So that show was, was what, like, you know, probably 64, 65, something like mm -hmm. that? Well, that was the same era when Robin Laura Petrie had to have twin beds. I know. It's amazing. So maybe there were different standards for dramas. And I also love the fact that, I, I don't know who's posting these, I have to start looking at the people who do them, but um, they give the funniest titles to the pictures of the EVEs. Mm -hmm. So for example, there's one here and it's called um, Packed Lunch, Bill Always Brings His Own. <laughs> I saw that one! And then there's another one called Morning Glory. Oh, let me see that. And uh, I don't know which up that's from, it's this picture right here. Oh, wow. You can see that. Feeding a puppy for a walk. walk. Oh, my God. <laughs> the titles are just too funny. And here's one that says, Why don't I have sex dreams about Bill Shatner? Because seriously, I sure as hell need to. <laughs> Bill's hotness is a serious load of hot damn and WTF. How are any mere mortal ever this good looking? Really? Captain Sexy Pants. <laughs> so much shat butt, so little time. Yep. The pants. More bulge, less shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So I think that's a great site. It's great. So you should all go and check this out and subscribe to it. And um, we'll go back through it and maybe point out some of the, um, the best things that are in here. But I'm just so excited that this exists. Oh. Well, and, the, you know, because neither <clears throat> one of us is good at Photoshop, mm -hmm. that there are people who, you know, can do these things so that everybody really can experience the wonder. And, you know, there, it needs, there needs to be a place where all of this stuff is kept so right. that you could go say, oh, and here it is. Here's the obsession thing. And oh my God, the contrast. The best of the bulge, it's called. <laughs> here is the best shot of the bulge. It's from the Ep Obsession, and it is only slightly Photoshopped to increase the ambient lighting. But other than that, it's all Bill. It definitely is. Oh my God, it's so big. Now I have to click through to the comments as long as we're looking oh, at this okay. because I can't okay. wait to see what Yeah, we love comments. Day. I that, hope someone says this is a disaster. I love looking at the junk in Bill's trunk. I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> How appropriate that the Epps should be obsession given the time I've spent staring at this picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. I will post more of these EVEs, extremely visible erections, but I will do it slowly, just like I would like Bill to make love to me. No need to rush something so very beautiful. What is this person's name? Kirk Slave? Maybe that's Di from Australia. Oh, wow. And then, then someone replies, note to self, bring extra underwear to more Shatner. <laughs> First pair may spontaneously combust. <laughs> and then none of the reply is, good idea. I think my own pair have already melted just from visiting this ridiculously sexy con. <laughs> oh, that, that is just so wonderful. More and more people, you know, getting and being proud of their Shat bug. It's great. Someone else posts, oh, Bill and his perpetual EVEs. I remarked to my Daroga, the, the okay. person here, a while back that for the entirety of his speech scene in The Intruder, the screen is basically mostly filled by his enormous cock package. <laughs> I happily anticipate more of these. Oh. Sweet Jesus. Shatner's package has the power to make even the shyest of LJ users de-lurk and bask in its ginormousness. <laughs> Screw coffee. This is what I want to wake up to from now on. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Totally awesome. So you this know, is going to provide just so much. I so wish good. that, like, just some late night when Bill's bored, he would just <laughs> kind of cruise the net and run across, <sighs> look at his butt, and more shat, less shame, <sighs> and and see the incredibly positive he has had effect he has had on on us and and other people like us. Do you think he's ever bored? No. <laughs> That's the thing. So Kirk Slave must be die in Australia because the location says Australia. Okay. So that must be her. Oh, it's just so awesome. But yeah, it would be nice if he would know that, but I don't know. I think he's just so busy doing it. Doing it, yeah. Doing everything. It's true. It's true. So anyway, um, Live Journal, this is your bump from us. Oh. <laughs> We're very glad you're there. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you got a few more subscribers who are going, oh, oh. because uh, we've been getting, like we said, we've been getting a lot more hits on the on the blog, on people looking at our pictures oh. and the silly movies and everything we post. Oh, my find. God. Look at this picture of him. Oh, wait a minute. I have to make it, I have to embiggen it so you can see the full effect. Look at his face. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, he's fully clothed. He's wearing a suit and a trench coat, and yet he's, he's saying, "I will fuck you so." Oh. 
He just looks so gorgeous right there. Look at those eyes. I think, yeah, this is post-Star Trek, isn't it? I think it must be. Well, no, because then he had the ickier hair. <sighs> Maybe he did a guest appearance like right before or during Star uh, Trek. I don't know, but he looks gorgeous. It's a black and white picture, by the oh. way, and he looks just gorgeous. Never seen that. Oh. Oh. See, this is why we have to go through all this group, and then we need to save all these pictures. So I know, that we can I know. Have them. Did I tell you I've started categorizing my pictures? <laughs> so I have ripped shirts, and I have no shirts, and I have EVEs, oh. and I have Kirk light. So I'm, I'm, you know, getting a database of Kirk going. Okay, I think I'm going to have to, like, pry I know, I, I know. away from I, I, this site I, so we can do to, our show. We need to finish the show. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, do something else now so I can stop do looking at this. Do something else now. Do okay. something else. Okay, Think Geek. Think Geek. Now, the interesting thing about this Think Geek, remember we talked about it, the magazine with yes. the neat cover where oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the monkey and Spock yeah. were fighting? Okay, um, this was sent to us by... Who sent it? One of our faithful listeners. One of our faithful listeners, and I think it was Captain Ho. But anyway, what what he said was scroll down for the haiku. Oh. And they have a contest, Techie Haiku Winner. Submit your Techie Haiku, win $50. But the, the winner of this month, or however often they do it, is named Shannon. Oh. And so I think, oh, is that our Shannon? Because here is the haiku. We lovingly title it Captain's Log 17.575. It says, when I read haiku, I hear it in the voice of William Shatner. <gasps> That's awesome. Yep. What a great haiku. Isn't it? Oh, that's so cool. And, and it's a techie haiku, just because it mentions <laughs> Shatner, <laughs> who is probably the most non-techie person ever. But, um, oh. wow, Sh Shannon, congrats. That's definitely worth $50. All haiku should be read in the voice of William Shatner. With oh. bongos. With bongos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <sighs> but, you know, you have to count William as, as three syllables for it to work. William Shatner. Mm -hmm. Who cares? It's, it's one, you know, my Shatner haikus, mm -hmm. there are ones that don't don't fully scan the way they're supposed to. So, that's great. If you guys want to read a whole bunch of really silly Shatner haikus, I have a that's bunch right. on InvisiblePlanets.com. And they're good. they're good. And you could send us more Shatner haikus. Oh, we love Shatner haikus. We'd love to read them. Yes. Out loud. Yes. On the show. We'd love it if Bill would read them. In fact, that could be his next recording, Just is Bill reads Shatner haiku. Oh. That would be so awesome. Can you imagine? And this could be the first this one. This could be the first one. <gasps> yes. Because, oh. Uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I, again, we congratulate the latest Think Geek Techie Haiku winner, Shannon from Wall, New Jersey. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm sleeping with Captain Kirk. Yes. Oh, okay. I wish I was. But. Yeah. This came to us from Amanda. Amanda. And I'm gonna. I don't want you to okay, see it I'm until I get there and, and read it. it. It's it's from Amanda, and it says, "My sister won me this out of a claw game <laughs> at the mall. It only took two times, so it cost her a dollar." Oh. He, Spock, a red shirt, and a strange Vulcan saluting hand are available on eBay for about ten dollars each. 
Now I'm going to embiggen and show you the picture. <gasps> oh my God. That's weird. No, it's cute. Look, at he's got his smirking. He, is, smirk. he is, he's smirking. That, and he's got his hair. He's like, Excuse me, that looks like it was modeled on the little mini-mates. Doesn't it? It looks exactly like the little mini-mates. So it, it's a little stuffed toy. Toy. And she has posted it in her bed. In her bed. And the thing is, the, the sheet is pulled up to like chest height where it is in bedroom scenes. Um, and he's got his smirky smirk. I just did it and aren't I good. So it's, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, um. I would like to imagine that he's not actually wearing any pants. Oh, well, yeah. And and that this sheet wrinkle there is. That's right. It, it's not thing. just this, this is going into Media Concord. That is so cute. That's funny. Uh, the smirk is great, though. The little mm -hmm. sideways smirk. <laughs> I mean, if, if I saw one of those claw machines and it had this in it, I would have kept going until I had every, you know, if I had to get it uh -huh. through every toy before Kirk came down the chute. That's too funny. I love the picture. The picture is absolutely great. <laughs> yes, that, that really sets it. That sets it, Amanda. It's not just a cute little doll. It's a doll in your bed. In your bed. Sitting up and practically smoking a cigarette. Uh-huh, exactly. Hey, baby. He looks very self-satisfied. He's got his, his little Star Trek shirt on. Uh-huh, with his little insignia there. And I don't know what this I don't know. thing is over there, but... I think that's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sending us that. <laughs> okay. I thought it was going to be one of the I'm sleeping with Captain Kirk shirts. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nope. It's something even better. Um, the last thing on this here list that I have is 10 things I learned about space travel. Oh, wait. No, there's one new oh, thing. Oh, there is? Okay. This is something, our, our, and then we'll get to the, the 10 things about space okay. travel. This was just sent to us from Francine. I mean, oh. like, just this minute. It's um, Action figures is the topic. She sent us a link. It says, look at the close-up of their faces. The Kirk doll looks like he farted, <laughs> and the Spock doll looks like he smelled it. <laughs> so, Let me see. Those are horrible. <laughs> those are the worst. Oh, those don't even look close. The, the Kirk doll looks like Seth Rogen. It looks like Seth Rogen or possibly um, um, Patrick Warburton, who played um, yeah. Elaine's boyfriend Putty on Seinfeld. <laughs> A little bit like that, except his eyes aren't as squinty. <laughs> but Spock definitely does look he his eyes are practically crossed and his eyebrows are like, oh my God, what is that? But he also kind of looks Native American-ish. Doesn't he look like he should have like an Indian headdress on or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. So these are from Star Trek IV. Oh, those are horrible. They're crappy, but anyway. I like the fact that you can take Spock's hand off. There's just a hand there. <laughs> Detachable <coughs> Vulcan salute hand. You made me laugh so hard I'm coughing. <laughs> Okay, so. Oh, God. Those are strange. All right. Now, I need to get to the other thing. So, you need to. Um, need to talk about you something You need to else. vamp. I can. I can you can look at those pictures I was going to say, more. I can look at the live journal thing some more. But you have to talk about fascinating. it. Fascinating. Someone um, has posted to the live journal community, because I can't believe this hasn't been posted here yet. 
and it's the YouTube clip of Bill eating pudding, <gasps> which we love we, so we do love it. much. We love it so much. Man, your computer is giving off so much heat, or is that you? Um, well, I'm looking it, at that website. I have it sitting on the little cold pack here. It's really so. getting hot in here. <sighs> okay. Well, it's because we're just so excited about these things. Okay. This was sent to me. Oh, crap. Yeah, I know. I did it deliberately. <laughs> Google is not cooperating. By my friend Other Alan. And uh, let me make sure it's going to come up. Please, please, please. <laughs> Where did it Shat go? spam. I like that. More shat, less shame. Hey. Um, I should say that this, this community called More Shat, Less Shame has a subtitle, which is, seriously, you guys, you guys, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I really like. <laughs> Please follow this link. I did, and it didn't go to the right thing. The original Captain Fine. <sighs> well, crap. What happened? Well... I had I went to the link and the link took me somewhere other than that. Oh, let me um, see if I can get there. You keep talking. I'll just keep I'm saying. Oh, and here's it. a whole. There's a whole bunch of nice YouTube clips here. Someone has posted a bunch of um, clips from his movies. So there's part of uh, the Intruder and the movie in Esperanto. There's um, pictures scanned from a magazine of Bill riding on his horses with really really bad hair. Oh, and here's an autographed picture. Oh, here we go. Oh, somebody went to um, the Shatner weekend. And it says, I'm going to scan a few pics from the newsletter and an account of the weekend in 1984. <gasps> However, this is a prized possession I got that weekend. You're going to laugh when you see this picture because it's a goofy, goofy, goofy picture. It's Bill and his three dogs. <laughs> I thought you said three daughters. Look at it. Oh, I've seen that picture. Have you? I've never seen yes. that picture before. He is master of the dogs. <laughs> he's like standing there with his legs spread really wide with his hands on his hips like he's doing a superhero thing. Yes, I have seen that picture, but I've never seen one as good as that. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was signed oh, by William wow. Shatner. So I want to read about The weekend. Well, first we're going to do this. Oh, no, she hasn't posted about it. She just oh, said, okay. I'm going to post about it. But, okay, um, so are you ready for this? Yes. Other Alan sent me this. It's 10 things that... Yes. Ten things I learned from space travel about space travel from Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space. <laughs> okay? I didn't know there was such a thing as they went to outer space. But it's amazing how many of these uh, apply to Star Trek. Oh, let's hear it. One, one can accidentally fall on the controls of a spaceship and make it take off into space. That's happened. Yeah. Two, when flying around space, stars and planets whiz by as though they are billboards on a freeway. <laughs> uh-huh. Three, even though some spaceships are totally hollow cans, <laughs> there is an endless supply of fuel in them with which to fly around the mm -hmm. galaxy. <clears throat> Four, although it took a... Now, this, this one completely applies to the new movie. Although it took a few hours to fly away from Earth accidentally... It takes at least 16 episodes to return. <laughs> and that's also Voyager. Plans, planets with life on them are mere hours from Earth and haven't yet been discovered uh, by NASA. Uh, yep. Every planet has a breathable atmosphere like Earth. Uh, class M planets. Yep. 
Aliens on the planets near Earth are constantly plotting ways to control others off their own planet. Uh -huh. This is a com common pastime. Yeah. Yes. Often, only Josie and the Pussycats stand between alien domination and the rest of the unsuspecting universe. Wouldn't that have been great if Josie and the Pussycats had been on Star Trek? They were. It was those damn space hippies. <laughs> Bill would have been so happy. Kirk oh. would have been so happy. Yeah, Pussycats. Pussycats, yeah. Whenever one, wherever one is in space, there's obviously an electrical outlet into which one can plug an electric guitar and amplifiers oh, and course. play a tune. Of course. Suiting up in cat outfits and playing 70s soft rock music will get one out of any jam, mm -hmm. even with hostile alien races. And here is the wonderful picture. Wow, they look like they're on a bus. A space bus. <laughs> a space bus. Josie and the Pussycats in outer space on their space bus. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I, I probably saw that. I'm sure I did as a, as a young person. I'm just reading the comments. Someone says, I still prefer the old Spider-Man cartoon where every third building he swung by was an Acme hardware. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Metropolis must have more of those than New York has Starbucks. <laughs> so thank you, Other Alan, for deconstructing uh, Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. It's great. I didn't know they had, they had gone because, um, you know, I was no longer watching those cartoons. <laughs> by the 70s but um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people cartoon people went into outer space right oh yeah did HR Puffin stuff go? probably I'm sure the Bugaloos probably went into outer space what did space. Bugaloos oh you never saw oh uh, well see on HR Puffin stuff uh -huh. they would have um, different other things besides the actual adventures with HR Puffin stuff and the Bugaloos were one of the B-list things that that was on there they're the b-list of the b-list they were they really were but i remember them really really well way too much sid and marty croft as a young person. yeah yeah well i think these were a hanna barbera but um i enjoyed that that was good I and that. you know what don't josie and the pussycats look an awful lot like the scooby-doo people they do i think they were modeled on them did scooby-doo go into outer space that's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to Google it. Scooby-Doo in outer space. Scooby-Doo outer space. What's it say? Oh, in the Wikipedia. <laughs> Which has all the answers to everything. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. There's some album. There's an album called Slime Creatures from Outer Space. But anyway, um, let's see. The Wikipedia on Scooby-Doo. Let's see if I can find the part about outer space. Where, what's it highlighting? Oh, here we are. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo confronted by a typical Scooby-Doo villain, a ghost from outer space. Uh -huh. From Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Season 1, Episode 15. Spooky Space Kook. Ooh. Why didn't Star Trek have an episode called <laughs> Spoo Spooky Space Kook? Maybe that was one that Bill wrote after he got done with the giant the spider. Spooky Space Spider? <laughs> They should have, though. Well, I think they did, and they changed the the, uh, the thing called a space kook to an astrogator. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> this, this Wikipedia entry is a hoot because the heads are creation and development, the CBS years, <laughs> the Scooby clones, ooh, the ABC years. There was something called 
Scooby-Doo Dino Mutt Hour. Oh, you're not even halfway down the page yet. Reruns and Revival. And they did a movie. TV specials, telefilms, and direct-to-video features. Live-action Warner Brothers yeah. feature films. Critical reaction and awards. Oh, what awards? That's so funny. The movies are actually very funny. Assumed adult themes. Popular subversive interpretations of Scooby-Doo. Drugs! <laughs> primarily those involving alleged drug use and sexuality eventually began to find their ways into Scooby-related productions. So then they talk about the drug use and then um, sexuality. This is pretty funny. Yeah, Velma was a lesbian, we know. <laughs> also discussed and parodied are the presumed sexual activities going on among the Scooby-Doo characters. While working on the original series, Joe Ruby and Ken Spears often wrote their straight men, Fred and Daphne, out of the episode so that they could focus on their comedians, Shaggy, Scooby, Scooby, and Velma. As a result, Fred and Daphne are missing from a significant amount of the action, <gasps> leading to assumptions that the two are off having sex instead of finding <laughs> clues. Like the drug use, this assumed theme has also been self-parodied with the Bravo Doobie Doo episode of Johnny Bravo and both live action and direct to video <laughs> Scooby-Doo features making light of Fred and Daphne's presumed sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. The Velma character has a considerable fan base among lesbian women who see the character as one of their own, although the Scooby-Doo series and direct to video films depict her as heterosexual. Mm -hmm. But we know better. Well, they didn't talk about Scooby and Shaggy being lovers, which I thought was pretty well known. <laughs> They were definitely potheads together, though. That's uh, for yeah. sure. Well, I got to tell you, when my niece was little, um, she loved Scooby Doo, mm -hmm. and she hated—I was going to say Scaggy Doo, Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Everybody hated Scrappy Doo. Did they? Okay, because um, I know her her brother would yell at her to get up because Scooby Doo was on and Scrappy Doo's not in it. Um, <laughs> well, in in one of the live action movies, they actually made a huge joke about that, where they were. They were reminiscing about being on a road trip with, with Scrappy-Doo in the car, mm -hmm. and he was being an obnoxious asshole just like he was, and then they left him on the side of the road and <laughs> drove away. That's like in Amphab when they left um, the baby, yes. Zappy as a baby, yes. out on the meridian yes. <laughs> on the highway, and then she found her way home. <laughs> So anyway, we've kind of traveled into the world of Scooby-Doo well, for no okay. real reason. That's okay. but Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. We've had just so much fun with this. We there did. There's so many things to talk about. So um, next time, I think we'll, we'll probably do some media reviewing. We'll mm -hmm. watch some stuff, and we'll talk about it. Yes, and you guys, just keep the stuff coming. Oh, yeah. Keep visiting the blog and putting up those comments. We yes. love them. Follow, follow me on Twitter. Leave reviews at iTunes. Do all that stuff. And brush your teeth and three times a day. Brush your teeth three times a day and um, keep looking at his butt. She said butt. <laughs> <laughs>